This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics, recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comic carries a large collection of new and back-issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks. With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to PittsburghComics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The comic book pit? Okay. Welcome to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 389. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Sean. Hello. Kate. Hi. And Link. Hey, everybody. So we had a pretty heavy pre-show, so I think we should <laughs> get right into talking about some fun stuff, unless uh, anyone has any, uh, you know, anyone else have any... Um, Deep dark secrets they need to reveal, or you know, the, or, or are we are we good with that? I think we're good. I secretly hate Texas. Oh, I don't. I don't think that's, that's probably not much. I would say I don't think that's a secret for anybody. Oh, I also don't like Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. We could, yeah, and I think I and I think we've had that uh, same conversation in our in our uh, online messaging that you know if we could just separate those two states if we could surgically remove them we'd probably be a little better off but right yeah what are you gonna do so i got a, a couple things to uh, uh just some local stuff going on that i think we should we should announce slash talk about just um uh, so first of all congratulations to colin at pittsburgh comics for being in business for 15 years I think. Oh wow! Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, congratulations. Yeah, that's that's no small feat in this day and age to have a physical comic book store for you know nearly two decades. So. Heck yeah. And a and a kickass store at that. Yeah, it's a pretty nice store. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel bad. I don't get out there nearly enough. I'm I'm mostly don't like the South Hills. I mean, I, I should say I don't like driving the South Hills. It's <laughs> kind of awful, but I like to, I, you know, I try and stop in when I can. We are having uh, comic book pit is hosting our, it used to be kind of an annual thing, but you know, last year kind of blew everything up with COVID, but we're revitalizing our comic swap. That's going to be on October 24th, which I believe is a Sunday at Black Forge Coffee House and McKee's Rocks from one to four. So if you are in the Pittsburgh area and you want to 
just trade some comics. Uh, there's no selling involved. This is not like a, a show, quote unquote. This is just a bunch of people hanging out. You bring the stuff that you just want to get rid of. So the understanding is if you bring in a box of comics, you literally want nothing for it other than to give it to other people. Yeah. Um, it's not like a strict one-for-one -one trading like, oh, you give me that issue of Batman, I'll give you this issue of Superman. It's just like you put your stuff out and you let people r rifle through it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the the word comic swap, um, it just sounds nicer than comic free for all. Right. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's just a comic free for all. Comic book gangbang. <laughs> oh, if you bring in a puck, sometimes it is. You're just like, oh, well, there's all my books. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've we've done this for a few years. Sometimes I end up leaving with more than what I came with. <laughs> that's the struggle. Uh, but that's a, I guess that's a good problem to have. Um, the other thing we've been doing is at the end of the day is if, if you do not want to take your stuff home with you, if you just don't want to be bothered with it, um, we have been donating any leftover comics to the kids at, uh, Schumann detention center. They're very appreciative of those comics. Um, you know, to us, they're just, they, they could be old crappy comics, but to these kids that don't have anything to read or maybe, you know, haven't read a comic ever. This is like, you know, you know, according to the people I've talked to, this is like really cool stuff for them to the point where after we donated our first round of comics, they actually started like a comic book club. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. They, they kind of started like a program, like a reading program centered around the comics that we gave them. So, uh, it was really nice. They they sent me a letter and a piece of art that the kids all did, and it was like, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it just goes to show, like the, the the stuff we take for granted, like just crappy dollar comics that, or you know, stuff that we have left over from free comic book day, or just whatever, you know, stuff we take for granted as just being fodder in our long boxes is like gold to some kid that has, you know, has nothing and is potentially like in one of the worst situations in their lives. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh -huh. you know, who knows what this comic could mean to a kid. So, mm -hmm. so that's what we're doing. So um, we trade, you know, we trade comics for a few hours. And then, like I said, whatever's left over, um, I take and I uh, make arrangements to donate what else is going on? Oh, uh, also in October uh, the 16th and 17th, and I think Sean, you could probably talk to this, talk about this a little bit. Three Rivers Comic Con is coming back. They're having their fall show, October 16th and 17th. They're back at the waterfront. Yeah, right. You and, uh, you and yeah. Jared are going to uh, be there. Jared, uh, yep. Jared and myself are rocking the the CBP uh, table. We will be there on Saturday. Um, I think what we're doing, I, I'm pretty sure it'll be a lot of our original stuff. And I think probably some regular, well, not regular comics. I shouldn't have said it like that, but, um, you know, like comic swap worthy mm -hmm. comics, if you know what I mean. Too bad. I don't know. Basically, just comics. So, <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Sean? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not trying to be like regular comics. I'm like, well, no, our comics are pretty. Okay, for a second, I thought. Extraordinarily, I, I, 
I, I take back what I said that when I first said Sean can talk about this, <laughs> clearly he cannot. No, okay, no, okay, kidding. there we go, there we go. Um, oh, we'll be there on Saturday, and yeah, come on down. <laughs> well, well, we have plenty of comics of all kinds I think, to spare and have yeah, fun. I think if if Jared were here, he would say he would quote our 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 trademark line: "We talk com or we make comics, we talk comics." Yeah, that that is the line that that he coined um, back at uh, New York Comic Con and back in 2013. Oh. Yeah, so that's a uh, that's some CVP history for you right there. <laughs> um, so yeah, the so the uh, Three Rivers Comic Con light that that that's a fun show. The the one in May was a lot of fun and got really lucky because the weather in Pittsburgh could be very unpredictable to say the least. But it was a it was a great weekend. <laughs> it was uh it was kind of hot actually for for that point in time in May. Um, it was yeah, it was hotter I mean, than normal I think for for May. Yeah, yes. but I, I think so. I don't know. I'm kind of wondering what October will be, especially since I believe it's from twelve to seven. It's kind of and a I'm long pretty day. sure it's getting darker. Yeah, but. I think it'll be fun. I mean, it's outdoors, mm-hmm. um, and our all our booths at the previous one were pretty social distanced. So, mm-hmm. and that was nice. That was the same one where I became a uh, an ensign of uh, a starship Enterprise thing. Oh, one of the like one of the cosplay groups. Yeah, I totally uh, they in- inducted you. Won one of those. Yeah. Apparently it's a lot bigger than I thought. I figure it was just like a local chapter and they just like, Oh yeah, we do this. It was very weird talking on one of their podcasts, but that's because they're secretly cults. I'm just saying. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, they, they like gave done. me some more sort of international one. And I was like international email. I'm like, what the they're hell? They're like, welcome Ensign. Now drink this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, as long as I'm not a red shirt, like, put like, this, no. put this robe on and drink this potion. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, no, it seems like a very fun place. I haven't done too much with that though. I've, I think I was geeked out about it. But every time they like send me an invite, I'm doing something else. Not because I'm a jerk. It's just more of like, oh, I, I'm going out of town on this weekend. Or I think tonight was one of them, and we had plans with, um, yeah, uh, with a family member. Yeah. It's good. So it's kind of hard to say, like, especially, I mean, I, I, I can, I, you know, as being a general geek nerd, whatever, and having a lot of, uh, you know, uh, interest in comics and sci-fi and fantasy. I've been in situations like that where they're like, you know, family's like, Oh, where, where are you going? Or what are you doing tonight? And I'd be like, Oh, my cosplay group is getting together for, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really, it, it, you know, and the people, you know, then they look at you like you got a, like lobster crawling out of your ears or something like, <laughs> like they, people just don't understand if you, like, if you were to say to your family, like, ah, oh, well, my, my starship uh, group is getting together tonight for, uh, you know, we're going on an away mission. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> now so far it seems very grounded. I don't think that's so much like a cosplay aspect of it. I don't know what the, the Star Trek, uh, club USS enterprise stuff is about, I think they like do some outreach to the public, like just, you know, being cool people, like helping out at like making, you know, mm-hmm. your community a better place. Uh, well, I've always seen like that one highway that's like a- adopted by like some 
like Star Trek fan club group thing. I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's stuff like yeah. that. And I mean, they, they do a they, lot of charity work. Yeah. And like, I think the, the invites I've had was like, oh, hey, we're all going to see a movie. Or, oh, hey, we're all going to go to the drive in to see the 25th anniversary of, mm-hmm. I don't know, Rathacon or something. Oh, hey, we're going to go there out in the woods to sacrifice a goat. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it, they, 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 they the goat his name is Tiberius they, they, ease, you, they, they <laughs> yeah. ease you into it Sean they ease you into it First, <laughs> next thing you know you're going to be yeah, resurrecting Leonard Nimoy <laughs> out in the woods you know what I would actually be down with that I like Leonard Nimoy <laughs> I thought he was very cool but yeah speaking of cosplay to take that back to uh, Three Rivers Comic Con, if you are a fan of Three Rivers Comic Con and cosplay and karaoke, mm-hmm. the next cosplay karaoke at the Hard Rock is going to be October 14th. It's a Thursday. And their theme is horror because, you know, spooky bitch season is coming up. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's right. Yeah. Did, Those are always fun. Did you guys go to the last cosplay karaoke? We yeah. did. How was it? Our friend actually sang. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was good. It was. Uh, it, it it the turnout was pretty good for being like post COVID. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, I couldn't make it, like but it, I was. I had my fingers crossed that it was going to be a good turnout. Yeah, it seemed. It seemed to be. It 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 went by pretty quick. Like not in like a bad way, but like it was just like oh shit, we, like we were having so much fun. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was that was the time travel one, so it was just like a lot of Doctor Who. <laughs> that that makes sense. A lot of, were there any uh, Back to the Future cosplayers? Uh, eventually, yes. Okay. Wasn't there at the very end? I think so. At the very very end, yeah. Somebody somebody showed up finally, and we were like, "Oh, of course, finally!" Like, right. oh, thank God, <laughs> if I had to see another Who. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess there aren't like a ton of like major like big pop culture well i maybe like if you want to throw in terminator i don't know i'm trying to think of like other uh time travel uh there was uh there were a whole lot of loki's stuff now bill and ted would be a good one yeah oh yeah Yeah. that'd be great i mean it's not like you know uh ground shattering like you know like a star wars or like a star trek but i mean there's some pretty Big ones. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like as, as a theme, it's it's it, it's. I feel like it's a fun challenge to try and think of someone. Yeah. Like yep. to, or or like a yeah like a a character or a group of characters to like to get together and play like cosplay as. Um, yeah. More than just like you know like I said like Doctor Who Doctor Who that's a kind of an easy one but uh yeah. I was um when I did one of my lazy Halloween uh, costumes I had like a name tag that says hi I'm from the year 3030, which was a shout out to uh, Deltron and his album, Deltron 3030. Oh, I like got the you. future. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, I guess not time travel. Never mind. I was going to say Futurama. But. I think he sort of time traveled through cryogenic freezing. Yeah. <laughs> in a sense. There you go. And, <laughs> and they did go back to 1947. So there, there you go. go. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, every time you every time you go to sleep, you're time traveling. That is yeah. true. Yeah, you wake <laughs> up and it's a different day. Whoa! And it's uh, like in a blink of an I'm eye. Freaking out, man! <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, I think Doctor Who's pretty much like the only one besides uh, Back to Future, Bill and Ted. 
Okay. Yeah, you can you can dig deep in like video games and anime. Probably, I can't think. Yeah, of that off like the top of my head, but I'm sure. I mean, I kind of doubt there's now anyone that's going to be like, "Oh yes, I'm totally cosplaying as the guy from uh, the Time Machine by H.G. Wells." <laughs> be like, "Whoa, right? Deep cut there, man." <laughs> or uh, what was the other time? What was that TV show that had time travel? It was by NBC. Quantum, uh, oh, Timeless. Quantum Leap. Is it called Timeless? Oh, yeah. Quantum Leap would have been a or good Or Quantum one. Leap. Yeah. God, yeah, I was thinking Someone timeless. showed up as, as Scott Bakula. That would have been... Oh, yeah. I wish. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Actually, I don't know. Well, you guys probably won't remember this. Sean, you might. There was a there was a show in the early 80s. I think it was called Voyagers. It was, it was like this... this uh, hunky like guy and this little kid were like time travelers or like, like the kid was from the modern, like he was from the eighties and it was this, this uh, guy, his name was like Phineas something. And he was like, and he was like, he had this like little, like his watch or something. It was like a, a time travel device and he just traveled through time and he ended up taking this kid with him and, you know, the key kept it. You know, it was like the whole device of like, oh, I got to get this kid. You know, this kid's got to get back to his time. And but of course, the, every every period of you know history, they would land in, they'd get into some wacky misadventure, and sure, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Oh. Um, no, I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, um, Peabody and Sherman. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Not as not as cool as the premise you just described, Dan, but. Yeah. It did have a talking oh, dog. But it has a talking dog, so like come on. I've now. Never, well, you know what? Played in the navigator. <laughs> in the navigator. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. was that, I did, that was a time travel? Yeah. yeah. yeah I've never uh, seen that. See, time this travels a, on the spaceship to so, like way the future. <laughs> you know, oh, that was a fun movie. Oh, it's so good. That like I, mean, I agree. Good. That but was like my terrifying. Because yeah. he, like, he came to the future, he's like, Oh, yeah. your entire family is like different and or dead. This was the first <laughs> like, thing I ever oh, Googled was the name of that movie. I could never remember it. And then basically Google came out and I was like, I'm going to type in the premise of this movie. I remember <laughs> I'm going to find dream. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, one I've, I, I can't believe I've never seen this. I feel stupid for, I've never, never, never watched it, but time bandits. Oh, that was a great movie. That's what I've heard. Oh, that's so fun. I've heard it's such a fun movie, but I've never seen it. And that came out in like, my formative years, like in the like mid eighties, I, I, that's an era. Like I would have seen a movie like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, you need to go see it. it I, I remember my, my best friend in school at the time, Jimmy Clark, that was his, that was his all time favorite movie, like forever and ever. He was always watching that movie. And which, but it's weird. Like we were best friends and I'm like, well, how good of friends are we? If you've never showed me the movie, I'm like, screw you. Jimmy Clark. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. That was his real name too. I'm not making that up that I'm, I'm, I'm putting this real, this, this real guy on blast. <laughs> That's right. This, Do you know where he lives? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Man, we'll I mean, not, find not him. His, I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna roll up just like, knock on the door. Hey, like, Jimmy, what's up with that? Time bandits. We got some talking to do. Yeah, you got time bandits still, right? On VHS, <laughs> motherfucker, you better pop that in. <laughs> you better have some popcorn. <laughs> yeah, get some popcorn too. It better be butter, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not the fake butter. I want some real butter. <laughs> 
Oh, poor Jimmy. <laughs> Don't do that spray shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're on a butter shortage right now, okay? We are? Really? Yeah. Damn. They're, they're rationing it out at the AMC. They got little oh, tubs. Wow. They, they shut down their concession booth again. Oh, and not signs. because of COVID. There was signs. They were like, national butter shortage. All you bastards drowning your popcorn in butter. You get a little cup and that's all you get. <laughs> we're just so excited to go back. We want our butter. Are people like just sticking? They're, 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 they're so happy to be back at the theater. They're just, they're just from sticking it. their heads <laughs> under, you the, know what? under the butter dispenser. I, I guarantee it. They're doing like if, any, if there's it. shortage like that and someone's I just like, see, you know what, I'm taking off. I could see butter. like okay. some some gorgeous girl with like really long hair sticks her head under the butter, and then like flings her head back in slow motion and all her hair like flings <laughs> butter and you know, this oh. arc of oh. That's the best oh. porno ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well anyways, you guys should all check out Cosmic yeah. That's right. You guys should check out Butter ButterCon 2021. Yeah. Um uh, one last <laughs> one last thing to to mention before we go further down the this rat hole. Um so uh one of our other sponsors Thriftburg, they're having a retro toy pop-up at uh, a really cool brewery in Millvale called Strange Roots on oh. October 2nd from 12 to 4 and it's going to be mostly like toys and collectibles from the eighties, but like a little from the seventies, a little from the nineties, but it's going to be like basically all the cool stuff you grew up with. Uh, GI Joe transformers, he man sectars. Um, Oh geez. What else? Go bots, all kinds of stuff. So did you say Airwolf? I did not. <laughs> I did not. Oh, I thought say, I heard Kate say wolf. Oh no! I just said cool. She she said she wants she said she wants to watch Teen Wolf. Come on now. Oh. <laughs> Sean's just over there thinking about Airwolf. There you go. Uh, I'd need a helicopter, man. I mean, there you go. <laughs> way to partner up with like my new favorite brewery, by the way. Yeah, yes. we've only been there once. Uh, we but uh, we really liked it there. It's it's we've had a yeah. yeah. And oh, and uh, like Pittsburgh Sandwich Society is apparently like their. Yes. Like their number one like food vendor, like they're partnered up with them, so they're gonna be there too. Oh wow. Guys, this is all amazing things. Go for Thriftburg, go for awesome food truck, go for Strange Roots, their beer is amazing. Yes. I hope pl- Strange Roots, please continue your delivery service. <laughs> I give you a lot of money. See, <laughs> I love your beer. The, the, the great thing about the Thriftburg Strange Roots um event is Either way, it's win-win because you either – if you go and you don't like the stuff for sale for Thriftburg, you can still get a cool, like, beer and a sandwich. Or if yeah. you don't like the beer, you can still get some cool stuff from Thriftburg. And there still sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and if you're not sure if you want to spend the money on the cool thing, drink some beer, and then you will spend the money on the cool thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. There's a lot of synergy that goes on. <laughs> yes, alcohol is is a perfect lubricant for most things. <laughs> oh, when was this again? Uh, Saturday, October second. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, how long? Uh, you said twelve to twelve 4? to four, but it was the um, Strange Roots made it very clear that they could stay as long as they want. Basically, all right. So even probably even after 
four o'clock we'll probably still be there like we'll still be there like throwing back drinks you know so it'll be kind oh, of a cool, cool day I'll have to try to make it out there. You should. I'm pretty sure I have to go to a baby shower that day, but if I am thinking of the wrong day, I would like to be there. I, too, have plans. Uh, I get to meet... I guess I get to meet my, like, social marketing crew. Like, I'm uh, volunteering at this uh, mental health organization. Okay. So... Cool. And they're having, like, a meetup at like some place and I guess it's going to be like relaxing or something. I don't know. Sounded fun. Cool. Maybe yeah. it'll be at strange roots. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That'd be cool. Get some toys and sandwiches yeah. and beer. You could be, Sean, you could be a hero. You could be like, look folks, I've got a great team synergy, ice breaking, uh, you know, <laughs> You know, use use all the like uh, you know, appropriate like corporate words. words yeah. You know, synergize. Yeah. yeah. You know, use use the word team a lot, and you know, <laughs> team building. You know, exercises, stuff like that. Use the word trust a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and then be like, and they'll be like, Sean, that sounds great. Where is it? Oh, this brewery down the road, <laughs> where there's all kinds of cool shit and beer and sandwiches. And you should totally buy the toys there. I mean, it's, it's really. I awesome. mean, you can't really I mean, go wrong. Uh, like beer and sandwiches, you can't really. That's like no. you know, like I said, yeah, it, it, it's all it, it's all gold. Yeah. I mean, pre-COVID, strangers are so cool. They brought alpacas for you to pet. What? What? So, like, I did not hear that. <laughs> yeah. no, I didn't know. Nah. I'm scheduling for the alpaca night. <laughs> Are you to be fair, it was Sir Gibsonia, uh, like the North Hills one, not oh, the Bill, okay. unfortunately. Gibsonia is but, like a little bit of a larger location. Yeah. The, yeah, this one is. Mil- I don't see how they would stick the alpacas in the Millville one. Mil- Millville hasn't turned enough into Lawrenceville. <laughs> yeah. <having alpacas>. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, Even like Millville fair. probably already has alpacas, but not for not for those reasons. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, so those are all the announcements we had. (laughs) This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, Comic Book Pit. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. Anybody want to talk about some comics? Yes. All right. Who wants to go first? Uh, I can go if that's sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mine. Mine's pretty. Uh. Pretty easy. Pretty easy to talk about because I, I feel like it was a slam dunk from from the first page to the last page. But I read um, Superman seventy eight number one, which w- picks up from the Christopher Reeve. Superman movies. I think it p- basically picks up after, or, you know, the first Superman movie. It probably happens somewhere in between Superman one and Superman two. Although I didn't see any like 
caption or, or anything that says like this takes place in between whatever. Um, yeah. But it, it's a great love letter to the Richard Donner movies. In fact, he's even featured in the first page. There's a picture of him and uh, because I, I believe he died. He actually died this year. And so this was a perfect. Yes. Yeah. Like the, the first issue is a, is, is a perfect single issue. Like it, I mean, it, 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 the way it ends, it, clearly they're building up to a bigger story, but the first issue introduces, you know, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, Brainiac, and Metropolis, the Daily Planet. I mean, everything is perfect and it's perfectly drawn and perfectly written. It's um, Robert Venditti gets everyone's voices right and the um the art is by wilfredo torres who he's one of my favorite artists he just does this nice he's got this great like a deceptively simple line art and it's just it's gorgeous and it's like just full of nostalgia and he's able to invoke the look of these actors without making it look like he just traced it from like a DVD, like screen capture or something. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I would swear there, there's this one scene where um, a, a drone from Brainiac is attacking Metropolis and Clark Kent is running through an alley and he starts to pull his shirt open. And I could swear I could hear the music, you know, like the, the yeah. Superman music. I could hear it, you know, and it was, like a breath of fresh air. It just felt really good to read this book a few weeks ago. Um, I think Jared and I talked about the, uh, Batman 89 book, which we were less enthusiastic about. And so at the end of that, you know, that conversation, we were both like, well, geez, you know, hopefully the Superman 78 book, which, you know, had not come out yet. We're like, Oh, we hope this doesn't fall into the same trap that Batman 89 did uh, but it definitely did not the the superman 78 is just it, it, it's a beautiful piece of work especially if you're if, if you're a fan of the christopher reeve you know the movies definitely read this um but even if you're just you just like superman this is a great just this issue is a great one and done issue but you should probably stay for the entire i think it's a six issue story arc yeah, I think that's right. It's about I think that's what Batman eighty nine is was as well. So that's like a standard yeah. trade paperback size they're they're writing for. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it 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 just it's it's very um you you could tell that this takes place in the seventies, but it's not very like they're not being obvious about it. Like it it feels seventies without feeling like dated or there isn't like mm-hmm. oh, there's someone wearing, you know, bell bottoms and saying groovy and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like, yeah. like uh, just so on the it's nose. Like fisted pop culture. Exactly. Like yeah. It's a, it's just a really great tribute to those, to that, to that director and those actors and just those movies in general. So. I'm really liking this art. I'm checking it out on Google. Like some of the panels they're showing. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like that. It seems. Yeah. Like I, I like this guy's work because uh, they capture the essence of what they look like, but not actually like look photocopied. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, 
and e- even the cover um, has a great shot of um, Lois Lane and Lex Luthor. Now, you know, Lex Luthor, who was played by Gene Hackman, you know, he he actually does not appear in this issue. But just seeing him on the cover, I'm like, oh, my God, that looks yeah. it looks like Gene Hackman without it being Gene Hackman. And same with the Margot uh, Margot Kidder, Lois Lane. Like, you can definitely tell that that was based on Margot Kidder's look, but it's not. You know, yeah. but it's it's done in Torres's style, and it, it doesn't look just lifted from another image, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely highly recommended. I'm 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 very excited for the rest of this series. Cool. I had to check it out. I actually bought Batman '89 off of Comicsology. I was reading that. Um, I was kind of liking that it had mostly Harvey in it. So, or so far, the the parts I've been reading was Harvey Dent. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, Billy D. So, mm-hmm. I had to get on that one because <laughs> Batman was like Batman. Like I came of age when Batman Mania was coming about. So, or the Batmania Part Two. Yeah, it was definitely that issue was definitely, or that I think that entire story is going to be very uh, Harvey Dent centric because i think it's going to focus on him becoming two-face so okay yeah i kind of got that a little bit with the coins and being roughed up or like roughing some people up yeah okay i see where this is going they weren't i mean i not not that i expected them to be but they weren't too subtle about about you know uh, uh yeah about that you know him starting to lean a little towards that darker side Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean that's that feels that's still that's in line. Yeah, with it, yeah, it tracks. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, but uh, Superman seventy eight looks really good. I want to check that out. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whoever wants to go next, I can go. Okay. So I read the first four out of five total because the fifth one isn't out yet. Of, of the DC horror of the conjuring, uh, the lover. So, so I'm getting ready for spooky season. So it does tie into the conjuring film sort of somehow, some way, not that we're big. Fans. Okay. Yeah. We're huge horror fans, but I'm not saying that the conjuring is bad, but I'm not saying it's good. It relies too heavily on jump scares mm. and doesn't, tell a cohesive enough story throughout any of the movies so far. With that being said, this book essentially has nothing to do with at least the first two movies that I can tell yet. There is like a code that you can decode once you have all five books. And supposedly that'll have something to do with a third movie that came out. Um, What I will say is if you like... Tales from the Crypt style stories. You want to read this. So it's almost like an anthology series in that there is the one single story being told throughout all five books. And then there's a couple pages of fake ads, which are hilarious. Um, I was definitely cracking up over them. It's like baby's little Satan set. (laughs) Like, ridiculous stuff. 
And then there's one quick horror story after that. And they got people like Scott Snyder, Tim Seeley, like their big names were the ones on the little bit stories towards was, the back. Is it is this one of those by Devin Grayson? Is that who that is? I don't know. You can keep talking. I'm just going to. Um, basically, it looks really good. The story is really fun. I mean, as fun as you can get with a horror comic. It. So I was thinking about it, actually, Dan, when you were talking about how you could tell it was an era, but it didn't knock you over the head. Mm-hmm. So the story that they're telling throughout the five books takes place in 1981. And I feel like the only time that you can feel that it's not present day is the girl in college is talking to her parents from a payphone in her dorm. Oh, okay. Otherwise, it's basically uh, telling a story about, like, a secret that she may have and trying to come to terms with that and feeling like a fish out of water at college. Um, All the while, some weird, spooky, malevolent presence is creeping up on her. So, it's a good horror story. And then again, if you like Tales from the Crypt, other little stories, stories they're, they're good. They're really good. I'm kind of liking but, some of these covers. At least I think right? they are. Mm-hmm. the the box art that looks like uh, VHS tapes. Oh, those those might be variant covers. Um, mm. they, that's what co- popped up. Like I saw a couple of them, uh, but the ones that kept drawing my eye were the ones that looked like VHS tapes. And I was like, oh yeah. I would imagine that is a variant cover then, because that would make uh, a lot of sense. Yeah, '80s. That makes yeah. Yep. That tracks. There's yeah. Um, oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, I think I see, like, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it without actually showing you guys. So, But you guys probably saw it because you guys got the book. So these are good covers. Well, we have, we, we only have the regular covers. But, yeah, I'm sure that the variants are also pretty rad. Uh, they sound rad. I like when I like when things do, like, treatments like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I read through the first issue, not all of it, like, the whole thing. But, yeah, I totally get what you're saying with the um, – Tales from the Crypt vibe, and yep. the fake ads are really good. Oh my god, they're nice. great. <laughs> I did sit there like I did the secret decoder message. I don't know if you did that or not. I didn't. It wasn't anything too special. I was, it was like drink more Ovaltine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was just like some stuff that I was like, this message will make more sense when we have a five. Yeah. Sure. Um, but that was neat. There was like neat little things in there that were like activities. <laughs> like in case in the middle of your comic you feel like doing an activity like back in the old yeah, days i guess like a maze or something or a, yeah. a mm-hmm. word jumble <laughs> yeah um so i don't know it's pretty neat i liked it a lot totally agree with you yeah cool all right okay who's up uh i guess i can be up uh, my first book is also by DC. It's called The Warlord by Mike Grell. This was, I don't know, probably in 81 or so when it came out. But the one I got is uh, the 800 or the 100 page um, specials, like the little mini books. Like the like the little digest type things or the. Yeah, like the little digest mm-hmm. things. Um, and I've always, I kind of had a hankering for Mike Grell for some reason. I forget why. And I actually, I really love the artwork. Um, I didn't think I was going to like something like this because I remember running into this book before. And I'm like, 
I don't know about it, but I end up really enjoying it. I think um, I have to check my notes here. But yeah, it it just seemed like there was few parts, and maybe it was just the copy that I got, and not the actual like comic books that were coming out at that time. It just seemed like very compressed for space. Like there was some pages I remembered looking at, and it just seemed like there was like unused space. Like I understand when artists will leave like space there for a reason, but this just seemed like there should have been something here. Like it was just a weird edit of the mm. book. And I don't know if it was because they're just trying to save space or because the the printing was smaller. Um, and so they couldn't fit everything in there, but it was just weird. But other than that, I mean, I kind of felt like I got the general idea of what they were trying to do and I really enjoyed it. Um, very high fantasy, um, kind of John Carter-ish from Mars, if you're into that okay. sort, of, sort of thing. But it's instead of like on another planet, I believe it's like at like the whole Hollow Earth theory. You guys know about that, where um, the the speculation, oh, yeah. yeah, the speculation is like, you know, there is no Earth core. That you know, it's another yeah, well, a world within a world. Yeah, it's like Terra for DC and that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, for what it was, I mean, it, it looked really good and I couldn't, you know, I really enjoyed the book. It was a fun, it was a fun quick read too. So, but yeah, that's Ooh. it. My five minute <laughs> overall. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Okay. Well, that's cool. No, you don't have to. Yeah, you yeah, you don't have to make stuff up. Worse it. <laughs> like, I mean, all it is is about like a guy that shows up and he's like, "I got yeah. not modern state, or I got like modern time swagger." And you know, and all these I, other people are like, "Well, what do you do?" I can just see like Sean's just searching for stuff to say. Like, well, and I took the pages apart, and the glue tasted really good. <laughs> well, I I actually looked through it, and I was just like, okay. I mean, I was reading it, and it was just like really good and well paced. Uh, I'll admit, like some of the printing didn't do the words justice because it was just a smaller pager, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. just a smaller size. But was that from like probably like the seventies or eighties? Well, let me look because those those digests it, were pretty old, weren't they? Yeah, this is, it's like DC Special Blue Ribbon Digest number. 10. Yeah, those are old. Those are like definitely maybe late seventies, yeah. early eighties. This is volume two, uh, of, I guess, of that run, but it was like from June 81. Yep, there you go. And I guess maybe this was before they had previous copyright dates. So I imagine it came around that same time, maybe like 79, if I had to guess. I mean, it lives up to the hype. I just, I guess there was some stuff I just didn't care for, or like some stuff. It just seemed, it just seemed weird. It seemed like. I don't know, like, you ever watch, like, those old, like, movies from, like, TV shows? Like, TV shows would just gather all the, like, three episodes and put them on a, a VHS mm-hmm. or a DVD, and they would call it, like, such and such, the movie, you know? And, you, sure, like, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like, you've seen it before when you're watching television, but then you watch it on, uh, you know, this VHS tape, and they miss, like, they cut out scenes. 
or they add in something and you're like, well, I don't remember any of that. What? What is this? You know, but I never read it, but it just felt like I was missing. Other yeah. Yeah. Like it was just off by like just a slight where I'm like, was there supposed to be a word bubble here? Like there was like splash pages where I'm just like, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be saying something, but it's not. But I don't know. Like I said, must read. I'd read more. Okay. Five stars. One thumb up. <laughs> two thumbs up. I got two thumbs. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm. I'm not gonna get too into it because I already talked about this last time. It was the Scotty Young, um, uh, Jorge or Jorge. I, I'm not even sure how to pronounce the first name, so I'm gonna not even try Corona. Um, and it was the book, the me you love in the dark, which we all struggled to pronounce and I had to go really slow. So I pronounced it correctly this time. Um, it, if you, if you remember, uh, in previous comic book podcast episode number, uh, whatever I said, um, that it was, uh, there wasn't a lot of dialogue and it was a very dark comic and that like in terms of like the, the color palette and stuff, um, that has not changed. Uh, it, it is, it, I'm trying to think the best way to phrase this. You get through the book very quickly. I'll, I'll put it that way. Like it's, you're not getting, it doesn't feel like you're getting bang for your buck, but I like where the story's going. It's just getting there very slowly. And for like $8, it doesn't feel like it's uh, like $8. You're not, not getting your money's worth. Yeah, like I'm like, okay, well, I get where this is going, and this is intriguing, and this is like a really cool slow burn, and the the artwork's great, but like, there's just not a lot of like stuff there, um, and so maybe I think I might ease off this and end up buying it in trade later, um, but the premise has been kind of cool. Uh, to to recap, it was you know an artist goes to this this old creepy mount mansion to get her groove back with her. She's like got artist block or whatever. And, you know, needs to, to, to get back into it. And she thinks that she'll be inspired by it staying at some creepy mansion. Uh, turns out that there's a ghost at this creepy mansion or like some, maybe not a ghost, maybe something. Um, but it's like a friendly-ish ghost. And the way that this, the, the first issue ends is the ghost finally speaks to her. And she's like, holy shit, ghosts are real, blah, blah, blah. And this issue's sort of that, but her like dealing with the fact that like there is an actual ghost. And then her talking to the ghost and just kind of... Uh, having like a weird heart to heart with it about, um, her, 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 uh, artist block. Um, but the way it ends, it, it seems like she's like painting what the ghost is and she can only see the ghost in the dark, which I guess is where the title is coming from because it's kind of feeling like it's moving towards like a love story territory. Like I, this might be some, um, like a shape, shape of water kind of vibe thing, but with like cre- creepy, spooky monsters in the dark. Um, so that's kind of a cool hook. Like I thought that going into this was like, ah, it's just a boring ghost story. Okay, whatever. But if they're going to do some weird, like Eldritch horror love story, then, uh, I think, I think I'm in it for the long haul. It's just, um, probably better in trade paperback when it's all done as a buy, as opposed to reading this thing week to week. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like a cool premise. Um, I was, I was totally just waiting on the second issue to decide if I was going to stick with it or not. So I'm glad I did. Cause it is, it is a cool idea. Um, and I had another book I can cover if, if 
if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. Sure. Uh, so I picked up the the free comic book day. I also bought the single issues of this, but I haven't do- dove into them yet. So I'm not sure if the free comic book day version of this is the same as the first issue or not, or like a prologue or something. But it's um, Stray Dogs from Image by... Let me pull up the names here. I actually don't recognize any of them. Uh, Tony Fleeks and Trish Forstner. Um, with colors by Brad Simpson. Um, this is a really weird book. Um, the premise is that it's all told through the sp- perspective of a dog, or, yeah, like a singular um, dog that's the protagonist. Um, and it's kind of like all in um, dog voices and dog mentality. Um, so, you know, they get excited about walks and sticks and blah, blah, blah. Um but the premise of this is that uh, you go through this book and it's, it's being told from the perspective of this, this one dog that's in this new home with all these different dogs. And they're like, oh, welcome to the group, blah, blah, blah. We're all these different types of breeds of dogs. We're hanging out in these different parts in the house, blah, blah, blah. Here's this creepy room. We don't go in there. Um, you know, it, it just like it, it totally knocks you, uh, catches you off guard. You're like, OK, what's going on here? Um, and it's all drawn in like this very Disney, Disney-esque style. Um, and you get to the end of the book and the big twist, it's not even a big twist, but you kind of picking up on it, um, is that this dog was kidnapped um, and its owner was murdered. And apparently the owner of all these dogs is like a serial killer Ooh. who goes around collecting these dogs that are now strays and takes care of them. Wow. Disney would never do that. Or would and it's they? such a cool. It is a cool twist, and the way and just the art style and everything. I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm, I'm here for this. Um, but yeah, no, it's it and and um, the the dogs are eventually like this dog is remembering that it was kidnapped because they're like, well, dogs don't have good short short term memories and like something like triggered a memory in this dog to be like. Oh shit! That was my owner's previous scarf that this guy just gave me to like swaddle me in or whatever. Uh, oh shit! I think my owner's dead. Oh shit! I think my new owner's a, a serial killer. <laughs> and so I guess you know these dogs are going to kind kind of figure out what's going on and probably make a big escape wow. or something like that. Is is where it's leaning towards. It's a oh, cool book. But if they don't escape, at least all dogs go to heaven. That's <laughs> that is right. You know what? Funny enough, like the artwork really does remind me kind of the uh, all dogs go to heaven kind of like oh, blue, blue, down blue. Of, the blue uh, style. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Berries on. It blues. really captures that. But yeah, like all the all the blurbs on the back are like, oh, it's like 101 Dalmatians meets Dexter. like, <laughs> uh, like yeah, like Dexter, or like a pulp noir, or like oh, anything, oh like God. all these like opposite genre entirely. Right. I'm gonna have to go hug my dog now, so I'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got one, uh, if that's all right as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, mine's Batman Ego by Darwin Cook and a bunch of other cool artists. Um, you know, it's, you know, your typical Batman stuff, but it's by Darwin Cook. So it's really good. Yeah. This came out what, like in the, yeah, I remember this early. Yeah. This was a, this was a great book. Yeah. Like, um, the first one is called Batman Ego where Bruce Wayne is, basically trying to figure out himself um, about like his inner darkness and everything like that. Um, 
and then there's also Selena's big score. And let me see what else. Sorry, I got oh, that has that has Selena's big score in it too. I always uh-huh. thought that was a standalone. Well, I book. think there was. A, I thought so too, but I was kind of amazed it was in there. Well, so, so it was, but when they Batman Ego when it first came out was its own book, but when they reprinted it and they did Batman Ego and other stories, I think they did a whole bunch of Darwin Cook like gotcha. Batman stuff. Yeah, this is it then, because this has like Batman Ego, Here Be Monsters, uh, a couple of Batman Gotham Adventure comics, Catwoman, something, what was it? Uh, I think it was like one with like Batman from Black and White, like Batman Black and White issue. There's one called Deja Vu from his solo work. And I mean, it's, it's a feast for the eyes. It's Darwin Cook doing Batman, a character that he really loved. Um, I wrote notes in here from way back. It's like, it was a great story, uh, short stories with Batman by Darren Cook. Reading these made me want more, but realize I can't get any more because, you know, Darwin's yeah. gone. And I'm a sucker for Tim Sale. Tim Sale's in this. Um, Bill Ray, who I'm not too familiar with a lot of his work, but He's very expressive and very like Mad Magazine a bit, um, but you know everything was like very spectacular and just the artwork was just top notch and writing was just awesome. It, it it reminded me of like a Batman the animated series, but you know in a comic mm-hmm. book, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, it kind of it does make me kind of miss Darwin Cook a little bit. Like he was that one creator that did no wrong for me. <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. But everything was just great, like from his writing and characterization. And uh, I do like the nod to uh, Parker in Selena's big score. So there's a guy in there named Stark mm. who is supposed to be kind of like um, uh, Parker, mm-hmm. uh, the thief from Richard Stark uh, books. And which he's which he's done artwork for. So yeah. Yeah, he, he adapted four. Yeah, he did he four, did four of the four yeah. of the books. I was thinking five, but I don't know how many Parker books there have been, but he definitely adapted like four of them. He's yeah, they were so. all amazing. Oh yeah. Ugh, so ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to just lose over him like, oh my yeah, god. I, I mean uh, I hear you. It's 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 you know, every time yeah, you, you you think about what I mean he 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 did so much great work, but then when you think about how much he more he could have done had he uh, you know, yeah. not died, gotten sick, whatever. I mean it's just it it's just it it's a gut punch. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. these creators are, are taken from us too soon. Yeah. yeah. Same with like you know a guy like Mike Mike Ringo. Yeah. Uh, so many yes, yeah, so, so many uh, creators that you know have been taken from us, but you know, just means we have to you know we just got to celebrate the work they did and and yeah. then uh, keep on celebrating the you know the the work of people that are still around and that, that we that we love and support and just you know. Because you never know when they're just not going to be there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this has been a downer of an episode. 
Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ah. Let's see. Well, I don't I don't have anything else um really to mention as far as comics go. And we're closing in on an hour, so I guess we could start uh, unless you know, if if anyone has any last any anything else they want to talk about before we um, start wrapping it up. Do we have time for the Webtoon DC stuff? or If you can keep it to a few minutes, sure. <laughs> All right. So, people on Internet land, DC announced probably like earlier this month that they're going to be teaming up with Webtoon. The I think it's like Korean-based uh, Webtoon platform for webcomics, but they mm-hmm. have an interesting take where instead of reading it, left to right you go i mean it's still left to right but you know you don't you know what i mean like you don't flip the pages scroll yeah you scroll up um and my thoughts are i'm interested but i don't see much happening from it like i kind of already feel like they already did with batman like they're like okay we'll just pump out a batman story and just sell that and I can't really see it going anywhere else outside of that. Like, I kind of, like, I always like when big companies decide to try to reach out to their customers, or at least in the comic book industry, I should probably say. Um, and then they just kind of go at it half-hearted. So I don't really know what their plans are with Webtoon. Maybe nothing. Maybe something. I don't know. I'm not that bug in that in that um, boardroom meeting, you know. Yeah, but, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's they do that with a lot of stuff where they're always just like, oh, it's a, it's a special special issue for this demographic. Okay, well, well, that's it. That's all we got. Yeah, like they've done it a few times. Like I think DC actually dabbled with the webtoon market or web comics market back in the late 2000s. And um, I think that only lasted maybe like two years. And it's like, come on, guys. You couldn't figure out something else to do? Or, uh, sorry, I got well, distracted by my name. Um, maybe, you know, maybe they found out that, because what I'm looking at here, it says that Webtoon has, they have an average of 72 million monthly users. Yeah. So maybe DC's like, oh, maybe we can do something with that number. <laughs> yeah, they were getting, they had ads in Times Square and like all, like they're, they they were getting uh, popular and they're or not may, not popular is the wrong word but mainstream I guess yeah yeah and their it, their demographic it's their audience is between sixteen and twenty four so I think if they and it sounds like like if they're gonna like the content they're gonna put out is supposed to be like you don't need to know it, it's continuity free essentially which is good yeah so yeah. you can just uh, I've read maybe like the first maybe the first half of the Batman family one. And it, I mean, it was interesting. It just, I, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. I think it'll be like a year and then they'll change. And then like some comic book scholars be like, Oh, well, you know, they tried and they failed. And it's like, no, they didn't. Well, try. I mean, well, to be <laughs> fair. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe they only do sign a contract for a year because they don't know what's, you know, what's going to happen. So, I mean, who, who knows? Like, like you said, we don't, we don't know the, the inner workings of that deal, like how long they signed a deal for or 
how much money or I think we, we just, yeah. you know, we can just see um, how it goes. And, you know, and I, I agree, Sean, I mean, you know, whenever, you know, the, the, the corporations try to reach out and do something um, off the beaten path, it's kind of, it's, it's like you, you, you want it to work, you want it to succeed, but at the same time, you like you said, you're not going to hold your breath because so many times they don't they don't give things a chance to to breathe or to or to actually succeed. You know, like if it doesn't yeah. if it doesn't succeed within the first six months to a year, then they they pull the plug. So. Exactly. And it's like, it's, it's kind of annoying because it's like, you look at some of the stuff that they're putting out and I'm not just talking about DC. I just mean like, I guess DC and Marvel, but it's like they can, maybe they don't complain, but just, it seems I always hear all the time, like, Oh, the comic book industry is going down. You know, they don't know how to bring new people in. And it's like, well, who brings people in? Oh, Manga. I'm like, okay, well, what are they doing? Well, they have books that are significantly cheaper. You have more bang for your buck. You have a lot more variety. I mean, I always yeah, have tapping, yeah. tapping totally different demographics in terms of like uh, diversity too. So exactly. I literally, I went to a Barnes and Noble on Friday and I was actually, I wasn't appalled. That just seems like I was clutching my pearls. <laughs> you were aghast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was clutching my pearls, like, oh my goodness, I have the vapors. <laughs> but it was like there was two row, two sections of like uh, American comics, and it was mostly DC, Marvel. But then you had like I don't know, maybe like six or seven rows of uh, manga. Like, just manga, manga, manga. And I was like, wow, why is it? Like, and it's been like that for 20 years, mm-hmm. pretty much. Like, I remember back in the day when Steph and I, my wife, we'd go to the movies uh, in the uh, waterfront, and then we'd go over to Barnes & Nobles because we it's just – It's the thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the thing to do. You know, and it was the same then. And I'm like, wow, like, what are these people – like, I don't know. But then again – I'm not a big time comics creator. I guess I don't know what the kids like. So, they, well, the, pro, the not to, to draw this conversation out, but I think the other problem is that um, a lot of the time it's uh, you, there's like you said with the variety, there's a lot of different series from manga, and you know there's only so many Batman and Superman books you can put on the shelf or like X Men or like you know whatever um, where they're like I don't you know we only have so much room we can't put. Uh, you know, 50 different Wolverine books on this shelf. We're just going to pick like a handful of Wolverine books and slap them up there. And then Marvel and DC don't really have any other character. Like they have like staple characters and that's what they stick with. But there's like very rarely you'll get like Miss Marvel or something else that will like fill in some space. I think, I think that's what it is, honestly. Like it's that they're just like, well, you know, we got 10 Spider-Man books on the shelf and they're like, you know, from all over the place, who knows what the, the reading order is, eh, whatever. Um, if people want to read Spider-Man, maybe they'll grab one of those. I just really, like, go on. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, whereas like manga and stuff's like, oh, well, here's like issue volume one, two, three, four, five. Like it's all very organized and co- uh, American comics do not do that. Yeah. Terrible at it. 
It just, I, yeah. I just feel like sometimes they're just leaving money on the table and they just don't know what to do. Like, like look at what the mega industry is doing or look at what Scholastic is doing. Like with the little kid books, I believe it, uh, I'm totally don't take my word for it, but I, I think I heard somewhere or read somewhere where the, the highest, like, um, what was it? Books sold or comics sold, like the highest number of books sold. It was like, I think it was dog boy for Scholastic, like a number of units sold Mm -hmm. for that comic. And I was like, wow. And here we are on the other side of the comic industry saying, oh, that, those numbers don't exist anymore. And it's, yeah. Come on I, now. I'll give DC a little bit of credit that those young young adult comic things that I've been that we've been reviewing a lot, um, mm-hmm. they're still making them. They're still coming out with them. So, like, they're sticking with it. They're, I don't know how well they're selling, but they haven't given up on it. And I think those books are the ones that might end up more in, like, the book fairs and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. I, I, I hope that helps. I hope it reaches people. I just feel like, I mean, I know I'm just talking about the main. Well, thing, but it's just, well, well, not only that, but you have to. I mean, you got to again remember, like you're going into a corporate-owned bookstore where they're going to. I mean, they can only hold so much stuff, and they're going to just carry bestsellers or, or like bulk books. But if you, if but if it's the opposite, I mean, you go into a comic book store. And the manga section is minuscule in comparison. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's probably like 0.5% of the store. I mean, it's, it does not exist in a traditional comic book store. I mean, it's yeah. there are like three or four shelves compared to the 75, 80, 100 shelves full of uh, other trade paperbacks, graphic novels. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think it depends on it, it you know, your your perspective is going to be skewed depending on where you shop, but like a, like a bookstore like Barnes and Noble, like you know they're going to carry with uh, just you know the popular stuff. Like they they can't yeah they yeah. they can't drill deep and like oh here's uh you know here's Headlopper Volume One from Image, like because chances are it's not going to move. They have to put out Batman, Spider Man, Superman. Avengers, like, you know, but like, like like I said, there's only so many of those you can put out. I get that, but I kind of just feel like sometimes that those big two just, they just put out a Batman book or Superman book or Spider-Man book and like in a, and not so much in a Barnes and Nobles, but like, you know, like a webtoon or like a new type of platform. And then if it doesn't do instantly well, they just like, well, we tried Peace out. But as for Webtoon, and I'll try to wrangle this down, I I look forward to it. I hope it yields more. I kind of feel like DC has a little bit more other people they can play with on that platform that might do relatively well, like maybe Doom Patrol, maybe, or I don't know, others, Animal Titans. Man, Titans. I actually yeah. kind of was amazed they didn't do Titans first. But like I said, I don't work at a big comic book company, so. <laughs> and you never will with that attitude, Mister. 
<laughs> no, I don't want to. I, I, it did cross my mind when I was younger. I was like, oh, it'd be kind of nice to do something like that. But no, I'm, yeah, I hear you. That's I'm perfectly your, happy. Your spirits that's, are that's, crushed. That's every, that's every yeah. kid's dream when they're like 12 or 13. They're like, oh, I would love to work at a comic book company. And then, yeah, and then you get older well, and you're like, ah, here's the reality of it. Well, when I started making comics as a teenager, I thought it would be kind of neat. Like, well, what if Marvel just hits me up and like wants me to write a Fantastic Four story? Could I? And then I, would, and I entertained that thought. It'd be kind of neat. But now I'm like older. I'm like, no, I could never do that. <laughs> I mean, it would be fun, but I kind of have a feeling. I don't think I, I don't want that well, kind of pressure. That's, um, it, uh, and, uh, on a similar note, you know, growing up, you know, or having, you know, been the only comic book fan, reader, collector in, my, in you know, my family or like, I, I feel like you're the, like, we're all the person that someone knows who collects comics. Like we're the go-to, you know what I mean? Like we're, yeah. we're like the one person out of a group of people. They're like, oh, you're the, you know, you, you, you read comics. You must love Big Bang Theory, stuff like that, right? But, yeah, but the, the other thing I would always get was would be like from uh, like was oh oh did you ever think about opening your own comic book store? Wouldn't that be awesome? And I was like, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. I just you know I, to you know to appease the person, I'm always like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, sure that'd be a lot of fun. But then like in my in my head, I'm like. No, I would never, ever want to. I mean, having been behind, you know, having you know been behind the curtain, and haven't seen how the sausage is made. I'm like, God, I would never want to own my own comic book store. No way in hell. Yeah. But I, you know, but you can't really say that to like a, like a. Yeah, and you're really, like, oh, here's the inside baseball of comic right. books, Grandma. Let me explain. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of worried about that with my class coming up. If I if I have enough students for my class, I'm kind of nervous doing something like that about introducing comics and just bring them all the downer facts about it. But like, <laughs> so we're up to talking about Wally Wood. You want to know how he went away? <laughs> it was Halloween. <laughs> now here, here's 22 panels <laughs> that you should follow. Well, well, see, that's what I think you got to do. I think you got to balance the, the 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 beauty of the of the medium with the reality of the history you know i mean no yeah. one says history is supposed to be uh sunshine and roses true very true so no I, I'll, I'll try not to stay away i would just from don't like don't go too doom and gloom on them you know yeah <laughs> you don't just start out with the quote from kirby like comics will break your heart kid Maybe on, on the maybe do that on the last day. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want people like leaving your first day in tears. <laughs> Let me tell you about Jack Cole. <laughs> no one knows how he went away. <laughs> All right. Well, I've told that to go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, speaking of going away, we should probably start wrapping it up before we. <laughs> yeah. yeah there before it is, we all. Yeah. Yeah. Start crying. <laughs> nah, I kid. I kid. Um, anybody have any final thoughts? Any final comments? I I don't have any more dark stories. Okay. Sure, so. I'm falling asleep. Okay. Uh, go to Three Rivers. 
Yeah, Three Rivers Comic Con. Driftburg and yeah, yep, all that stuff will be in our show notes. So, but make sure to check out our show sponsors and make sure to check out all the events coming up. Uh, also, if if you want to be a part of our community and support the show, you can go to our Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash/ComicBookPit. Uh, if you don't already follow us on our social media platforms, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, you can check out our show notes for all the other information about us as far as where to find us, how to rate and review us, uh, how to support the the show in other ways. We're always appreciative of that. And I think that'll do it uh, for this episode of Comic Book Pit. This has been episode 389. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Sean, the the Doomsayer. (laughs) (laughs) good night we have sleepy kate bye and like (laughs) see everybody thanks for listening and we'll see you next time